Hey, I know it's May. After all, it is National Teacher Mental Health Month. But when I think of myths surrounding mental health and achievement and success, I think of failures associated with New Year's Day and its accompanying slew of New Year's resolutions. How many people do you know that made New Year's resolutions? It's May, right? It's five months afterwards. Not that long, but kind of long. And how many people do you know who actually achieve them or are in the process of achieving them? What about you? Did you make New Year's resolutions? Five months ago, did you sit down and say, I'm going to do this this year? And how are you progressing? For most of my life, I didn't uh, achieve anything from New Year's resolutions. And I changed the way I think about goals, resolutions, and more importantly about myself. And I, I've been able to achieve, uh, and this isn't, this isn't like a, I guess maybe it is a mini flex. It's not intended to be a mini flex. I've achieved some pretty awesome things over the last 10 years, even over the last five or six years. If you had told, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, hey, in the next 10 years, you're going you're gonna to achieve this. I'm in my 50s now, so it's not too late. All right, well, you know when I was uh, 10 years, when I was when I was turning 40, if you'd have said, "Yeah, by the time you're you're you know 50 in your mid 50s, you'll have achieved this," and I would have thought, "No way." And I realized that uh, many of my failures pre 40 is because I fell victim to certain myths about mental health and about how to achieve goals. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. All right, let's get started with our myths. Myth number one is, I just need to be more motivated. This is, a, this is a beat yourself up kind of myth right here. If I were just more motivated, guess what? Motivation will ultimately let you down. It's fickle. Remember, thoughts create emotions. Emotions motivate your actions. Your actions produce results. To create the results you want, you need to change your thoughts. Your thoughts need to be believable. So let's say you want to get better at a sport. Let's say, let's say, uh, let's say you want to get better at running. This is a sport I'm familiar with. This goes in, in line with those achievements I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast. Some of the things I've been able to achieve to achieve in this sport past the age of 45. So let's say let's say you want to get better at a sport, and uh, so New Year's comes around or, or at the end of school, uh, summer starting, summer starting. I'm going to run five miles a day every day during the summer because you're feeling super motivated, right? Well, day one you run five miles because you're feeling super motivated. Day two you're feeling motivated but you're tired. Day three you're like, oh man, this sucks. Maybe you can keep it up for a few days, maybe even a week, but if you've never run before, what's going to happen to your motivation on like day four? I think we can guess the results. So if you're relying on motivation, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And if you're relying on motivation, you're going to have a day where you're not motivated to go to the gym. Just let's face it, we've all, everyone, even even our, even our world-class athletes have days where they're not motivated to go to the gym. And guess what? They go anyway. They go anyway. You might have days as a teacher where you're not motivated to teach a lesson, but you do it anyway. Why is that? It's not because you're motivated, because you're a teacher, right? In your mind, you have this belief, this thought about what you are, your identity. You probably identify as an ELA teacher. And because you identify as an ELA teacher, you're going to teach ELA, whether you want to or not. Now, what kind of an ELA teacher are you? Do you identify yourself as a teacher who gets the job done or a teacher who just fills in time? Because that matters too. If your identity is like, I'm a teacher who has a plan, who has a goal. By the way, if you need lesson plans, go to ELA Common Court Lesson Plans.com. If you identify yourself as a teacher who has a plan, has a goal, 
Well, guess what's going to happen when you're not feeling motivated? You're going to follow through on that plan. You're going to do your job. Same goes for any achievement. I identify myself as a runner, a long distance runner. So when I get up in the morning at 515 every morning and I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. I have the same dialogue every morning. Uh, I just want to go back to bed. I don't feel like doing this. I'm tired. And then I have, and I know the next question, then I know my response is going to be, yeah, but you're a runner and that's what you do. And you'll feel better once you get out there. Same dialogue every morning. It's not, I don't, I'm not feeling motivated. Certainly wasn't motivated this morning, but I got up and did it anyway. Cause I knew once I got out there, I'd feel better. And there are some mornings, you know, I, I say I run six miles every morning. Uh, some mornings I run a little bit more. Some mornings I run a little bit less. Cause some days I, I get out there and I realize, you know what, this, this isn't a, this isn't just a, I'm feeling unmotivated. This is my body needs to take it easy today. So again, so myth number one, I just need to be more, be more motivated is, is, is garbage. You don't need to be more motivated. You need to change your identity and to change your identity. You need to change your thoughts because that will lead to different emotions that will lead to your actions. And when you take the action, you're casting a vote, but that's what you, that's what your identity is. I'll, I'll, I'll say, and I just need to be more motivated is, is your, is beating yourself up. Stop it. Okay, myth number two, I'm just going to think positive all the time. But what you just said, if I change my thoughts, then I'll be motivated to achieve my goals. And that's true. But thinking positive is not always a good thing because positive thoughts don't always serve you. If you get a horrible review on a formal observation, for example, this happened to me before. Has that been anyone out there? Your principal comes in, you're having a bad day. Maybe you thought you weren't having a bad day, but you really were. You get a horrible review on a formal observation. A positive thinking person might think, gee, getting fired is on the horizon for me. That's awesome. Although that's a positive thought, it's not serving you. You don't want to lose your job, I'm guessing. Or maybe you do. I didn't get my contract renewed at one school. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. A better thought might be, wow, I have a lot to work on. Or I know I'm better than this. Or what can I do to improve? I believe it was my third year teaching. I got a horrible, horrible review. And I was angry. But I wasn't, you know, I was angry. And the editor was like, oh, what, what, is, what does she know? And it was, a, it was a horrible administrator. But when I looked at the observation, I was like, you know what? She's right. She's right. And I took that horrible review. I made it a stepping stone and it changed my career. So the thought wasn't, oh, I, I suck at my job. I can't do nothing right. Or the thought was, I'm going to quit. There might have been some thoughts originally. It was, I got some stuff to work on and I worked on it and it became a strength. So even though it was the worst administrator I've ever had, she got fired for embezzlement. She did help me. So I got, I got to thank her for that. I don't remember her name. So myth number three, as soon as I reach this goal, then I'll be happy. You got that? As soon as I drop 25 pounds, then I'll be happy. As soon as I get students to pass the AP test, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled in my career. As soon as as soon as soon this school year ends, I'll be happy. Well, that one's kind of true. I'm usually pretty happy, though. Actually, the whole last two or three weeks of school, because I have something to look forward to. But I digress. You're not going to reach a state of perpetual happiness just because you reach a goal. In fact, once we reach the goal, sometimes we feel worse, because how we feel when we reach the goal doesn't match the expectations. If you want to be happy when you achieve your goal, become happy now. I'll give you another. Again, I'm sharing with you my successes in this. Trust me, there's plenty of failures. Like I already told you, I didn't get my contract renewed once. I told you about the horrible review. But I want to share a positive experience that regards to mental health. I've lost about 35 pounds over the past year and a half. My weight had always been up and down, and but I was stuck. I was stuck. Didn't seem like anything I did mattered. I would lose 10 pounds, gain it back. And I trace that back because I thought I thought that, well, if I lose 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. And I wasn't. Or I thought it was a solution. It wasn't the solution. Or I just had in the back, or maybe I identified as someone who was overweight. Regardless, 
I thought that, you know, once I lose weight, I'll be happy. So I'd lose weight. I wasn't any happier. So I'd gain weight. Well, this time I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to be happy now. I'm just going to change my thoughts. So instead of going in, I just did, you ever done this? And when you ever try to lose weight, you go and you step on the scale and, oh, I only lost a pound and you get frustrated and quit. I used to do this all the time. First couple of weeks, I'd lose seven or eight pounds. Next week, I'd lose a pound or maybe gain a pound. And I'd say, this isn't working. This isn't worth it. And I'd just quit because the emotions I was feeling were like, oh, this, is, this isn't working. I was feeling, because my thought was, this isn't working. I'm feeling frustrated. So I changed my thought. Well, it worked the last two weeks. Let's give it another try. Anyhow, I ended up losing 35, 40 pounds. I've kept it off. And you know what? I'm not happy all the time. Amazing, huh? Now I feel better. I'm able to do more physical things, but I've suffered other injuries, shoulder injuries. I I have, you know, bad days at home, bad days at work sometimes. I feel sad sometimes. So this instant like magical happiness didn't show up because I reached my goal. Now I being able to change my thoughts and improve my mental health has made a huge difference. Just accept the fact that regardless of the goals you achieve, you're still gonna experience negative emotions. And that's okay. It means you're human. And don't confuse negative emotions with something bad happening either. You're going to experience negative emotions as you teach. But is it going to control your day? Or are you going to control it? That brings me to myth number four. Myth number four is that my goal is to be happy. What are you, a sociopath? And my students fall into this trap too. What, what's, your, what do you want to, what, what's your goal in life? Well, I just want to be happy. It's like that's, that, that is not my goal. It shouldn't be your goal either. I want to be happy all the time. What are you, a freaking sociopath? So when my dad dies... I'm supposed to be happy when I, when I turn on, you know, when I see, oh, uh, 35 orphans died in a fire. I'm supposed to be happy. Look, there's, there's horrible things happening in the world and I don't want to be happy about them. Now, could I? I suppose I could if I just changed my thoughts. But I don't want to change my thoughts to it's, oh, my dad died. Isn't that great? I can change it. Oh, my dad died. He was suffering. Uh, and, it, you know, when he died, you know, he's not suffering now. It doesn't mean I was happy. It was a consolation thought. I still cried. So don't make your goal, don't make happiness your goal. There's, there are things, as my good friend Jody Moore says on her outstanding podcast, there, there's better things in life than being, better than happy. There is a life that's better than happy. Now, am I a happy person? Yes. If you're to say, hey, he's happy. Yes, I am. But I'm not happy all the time. You think Oprah's happy all the time? You think, uh, you know, people who achieve the ultimate success in sports are happy all the time? Of course not. So yeah, we think, oh, we're going to be happy all the time as soon as I achieve my goal. That's ridiculous. Stop setting yourself up for failure because you're not going to be happy all the time. Yeah, I stepped on the scale. I still remember when I stepped on the scale and I said 167 pounds down from 206. Was I happy at the moment? Heck yes, I was. I'd accomplished something. I felt that, uh, that adrenaline rush, that uh, dopamine hit. And then I went on. And then I got in an argument with a friend. Was I still happy? No. So don't assume... Oh, once I achieve this this uh, career goal, then I'll be happy. It's not the way it works, so not to bring you down. Be happy now or don't be happy now. It's your choice. Some takeaways. Improving your state of mind requires changing your thoughts. Changing your thoughts is not the same as positive thinking. I think I've gone over this quite a few times. And it's okay not to be happy all the time. In fact, being happy all the time is evidence of being a sociopath, uh, someone who's not well-adjusted. So don't be happy all the time, I guess is what I'm saying. Now, uh, again... In case you missed uh, the first me- Teacher Mental Health Month episode, I'm not just making this stuff up. I, I, I cre- My wife and I created this podcast episode together. She is a certified life coach. She gets paid lots of money by people. Lots of money. That's relative term. She gets paid money by people so she can help them achieve success. That's her job. She's done that for me. 
She's helped me achieve success even before she became a life coach, by the way. And I have 20, over 20 years of teaching ELA experience. We teamed up because we want to bring value to other teachers. Because when we do a better job, again, if you go way back to episode one or two of this, of this podcast, I've stated emphatically and I believe emphatically that the most important person at your school is the ELA teacher. Go back and listen to the, to the One Thing podcast and a few of the earlier podcasts. I explain why that is. Maybe I'll explain it later. Maybe I will. Next episode. Speaking of next episode, it's going to be five tips to make the most out of the end of the school year. So please, please tune in. Uh, hey, if you like this podcast, give me a give me a review and a like. If you don't like the podcast, um, just turn it off, I guess. Don't do anything. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review.